Well, hello, Filthy Henry fans. We've arrived at the last chapter of Filthy Henry and the Impossible Victim. It has been our absolute delight to share this story with you this season. We have some exciting news. Over the coming months, we will be releasing Filthy Henry case files. These are exciting standalone cases from the world of Filthy Henry. So we hope these stories will tide you over till season three. And if you really can't wait for the next season, go to Amazon and you can pick up Filthy Henry, The Accidental Legend, available now on Kindle. If you are curious about other works by Derek Power, or would like to in fact get in touch, please go to bluejester.com. We really appreciate you all for listening. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe on your platform of choice? Or like? Or share even? We'll take what we can get. So kick back and enjoy the last episode. And we'll talk to you all soon. Stay safe and be well. Filthy Henry and the Impossible Victim Chapter 22 Shelley had the strange sensation of fast movement and knew before she opened her eyes that a teleportation spell had been cast on her without her permission again. She spun around on the spot until her gaze landed on Filthy Henry and marched over to him. You're meant to warn me first, she said to him. He held up his hands, palms out, and waved her away. I didn't do anything. It was the fat lad. Besides, where are we? As had become second nature to her, Shelley looked around quickly before she flicked on her fairy vision and took a second pass. Immediately the time bubble jumped out at her, the dome that Dagda had conjured to preserve the crime scene. Standing in front of it were Dagda and Ogma. Beside them, Trent sat on the grass. Off to the side stood Dian Kecht, a wide smile plastered across his face, and Miak, grinning back at his father. We're back in Lucan, Shelley said. Filthy Henry looked over at the assembled gods and frowned. What's the story here then? he asked. Dagda waved his hand over the top of the dome, dispersing it. Under her normal sight, the body of the fake Miak appeared in the middle of the grass still face down, still dead, and still covered in strange-coloured blood. We need to close the case out fully, said Dagda, ensuring that the Dark Gods enjoy some extreme quality time together for all eternity is well and good. But an innocent man was still killed as part of their scheme. I want to know who he was. I want to know why he died for something that he was not involved in. Why was he killed here and not somewhere else? There are no magical sites near here. No fairy forts or powerpoints. Hold your horses, Filthy Henry said. I've got one condition. The chief of the gods arched an eyebrow and looked at the fairy detective. We never agreed terms of payment for this case. You pay up everything, then we talk. Dagda gave a curt nod of the head. The payment's this. Our dead friend here gets to go up with you guys and live in your halls forever. As Ogma's assistant, be that a god or a demigod, this wasn't his fight. It wasn't his choice. He was born a man but died a god, even if he never did anything with the power, other than leave a little note. Plus, Ogma could use some help reading everything that gets written down in his tome, so that these types of cases don't happen again. The least we can do as people. But we're gods, Dagda said, interrupting him. 
decent people, is ensure that his soul goes to a better place, so he can have some form of peace, Filthy Henry finished. Shelley watched as the gods seemed to have a conversation without saying a word, presumably via telepathy, or more likely just knowing how each other thought and not needing to discuss matters. Well, why not bring him back to life? she asked. We can't do that, my dear, Dian Keck said. Our powers are not what they once were, because of how little followers we have these days. It's simply beyond us. We'd need a leprechaun to agree to use their reality-altering wishes. You know, like with your... Filthy Henry broke out in a sudden loud coughing fit. He stumbled into Shelley, nearly knocking her over. The gods did not move to help. Shelley patted him firmly on his back, but out of the corner of her eye, caught Ogma slowly shake his head at Dian Kecht. The healing god opened his mouth for a second, then closed it again. The fairy detective stopped coughing and stood up straight again. He smiled at Shelley. I'm all right now. <clears throat> I think I swallowed a fly or something. Excuse me, Dagda said, looking over at Miak. Did you just agree to something happening in my realm without first asking me? He's dead because he looks like me, Miak cut in. It's the least we can do. Besides, it would be nice to have a soul up with us once again, even if he doesn't stay forever. Dagda rolled his eyes. Fine. You healing gods, you're all softies. That's uh, the pot calling the kettle black there, Tubby, Filthy Henry said. But we agree to your condition, Dagda finished, glaring at the fairy detective. Hang on a second. I'm not finished. Secondly, I want my building restored in full, including my extremely expensive flat-screen television that I just bought. Plus, the mortgage is to be paid off. At least that way I won't need to worry about getting high-paying cases every couple of weeks. Dagda closed his eyes for a moment, then opened them again. Your building is once again whole, including the alleged fancy television set. Also, the bank will be sending somebody around tomorrow to hand over the deed. Congratulations. Now explain how this happened. Filthy Henry smiled at Dagda, gave Shelley a cheeky wink, then cleared his throat. He's a homeless guy by the name of Craig Elliot. In fact, he's the homeless guy I was hired to find before you lot dragged me into your mess. He grew up in Lucan, it's his hometown. But when his problem with drink became too much to manage, his family kicked him out on the streets. For the past ten years, he's lived rough in Dublin City, surviving by drawing chalk designs on the streets and begging. Basically to get a cup of tea, a few quid for a hostel, and as much drink as he could afford, Filthy Henry said, strolling over looking down at the body. That's so sad, Shelley said. She could feel her eyes brimming with tears. But why kill him here? Ogma asked. Maybe so he would get to see his home one more time, Filthy Henry said. I'm guessing Brez or one of those dark lots said they would bring him home. Convinced him it was going to be wonderful. It would explain why he was reported as vanishing in a flash of bright light. He was pulled down into the Underrealm in order to get him ready. They needed him to agree, so they could hide him in the Underkeep long enough for Ogma not to notice how he looked exactly like Miak when his head was shaved. Just another drunk, given a promise of seeing his home again. Who wouldn't take that chance? Only they killed him as soon as he arrived. See, I only pieced this together after I tried to use your coin to solve Craig's case in the first place. I thought you'd made it so that it would only teleport me here if I tried to use it for anything other than your case. Then again, I was able to hop around Dublin without any bother. Even did some sightseeing with it. But every time I tried to find my homeless man, it brought me back here. 
Turns out it was bringing me exactly where I wanted to go. Only I didn't know Craig was the fake Meek at the time. But the blood, Shelley said. The blood is a strange colour. It's the colour of magical blood. You all said it. How did they manage that? Yes, Meek said. She has a point. Ogma would have written about the killing, even if he didn't notice it at the time. His big book on everything. Would that not have said that a human just got killed here, and not a god? Shelley could tell just by looking at Filthy Henry that he wanted to savour this moment for as long as he possibly could. Balor believed in him. Believed in Craig. See, gods only really exist because humans believe in them. That's the big dirty secret you never want us to know. If we had not believed it was a god that made the sun rise, then there never would have been a god of the sun. So, what if a god started to believe in a human? Believed that he was a god. You'd get yourself a little decoy deity. One that had a super source of belief pumping him full of magic. A following of one. Albeit a powerful follower. That literally elevated him beyond the mortal norm. But with some limits on it. So that Craig could never have enough power to actually do anything with his magic. Not that he was a god for long of course. Balor would have just believed with all his power that Craig was Meek long enough to have him killed. Then right before the deer stabbed him in the back and killed the poor sod, Balor stopped believing. Stopped his belief just as the blade was about to pierce him. Starting the transformation back to being a mortal. But he was stabbed and died as a god. So we end up with an impossible victim that would never have happened without a hundred things falling into place. Balor and his lot have probably been planning this for centuries. Waiting for just the right pair of humans to be born. Ones that, with very little work, looked exactly right. He would have kept Craig in the underkeep the whole time transforming him down there so that Ogman never saw it happen. The reason none of you came to that conclusion is because you're like all bloody gods. You think that all humans need you and never put your faith, your belief, back into humans. The fairy detectives stared at them all in turn. The gods remained silent like a group of schoolboys that had been chastised by a teacher. Filthy Henry buttoned up his coat and looked over at Shelley. Come on, he said to her. We're catching a bus back to the office. See if any other cases have come our way. We could teleport you back, Dagda said, fidgeting with his feet. Ah, we'll walk, Filthy Henry said. Oh, one last thing. Trent isn't getting off easy either. I don't care that he was pressured into it. The guy's still an ass. I'm sure Brez had some delightful torture lined up for him. Just throw him up in the sky for a few months, then wipe his mind of everything but the fear of his punishment. A fair deal, I suppose, Dagda said. Filthy Henry scratched the tip of his nose before walking over to stand in front of Dagda and Ogma. He glanced over at Dian Kecht and Miak. The two healing gods were deep in conversation with each other and paying no attention to anyone else around them. A happy reunion that was not going to let a little thing like social etiquette get in the way. The fairy detective smiled briefly before turning back to face Dagda and Ogma. You pair knew all along, Filthy Henry said, his voice low. Shelley watched as Dagda and Ogma looked at each other, then back at the fairy detective. What makes you think that? Dagda began. Filthy Henry held up a hand, cutting the god off before he could say anything else. Don't even bother. You two knew that Meek wasn't really dead, that the body in this field was Craig Elliot. How else could the coin have brought me here every time? You said so yourself. As long as you knew what was going on in your realm, the coin would bring me there. 
I'm guessing the deer was hidden from your sights. Presumably using a shadow orb. Maybe he even stayed down in Balor's castle, so you couldn't see him. Who knows, and who really cares? But that doesn't change the fact that you both knew Craig was the only victim. Ogma stepped forward and reached out to place a hand on Filthy Henry's shoulder. The fairy detective took a step back, so that the god touched nothing but air. We're sorry for the subterfuge, Ogma said, clearly abashed as he lowered his hand. But we had to follow the rules. Without proof, we'd no way to definitely show that Balor and Brez were involved. They had a dead god after all, one who looked exactly like Miok. We had to be certain that they had pulled some trick. The rules be damned. You lied to your friend, Filthy Henry hissed. You made Dian Keck believe that his son had been killed. As far as I'm concerned, that makes you as bad as Balor. And to make matters worse, you lied to me. Again. If you ever need help in the near future, please hesitate to call. With that, the fairy detective turned around and started to walk across the field in the direction of a housing estate, not waiting to see if Shelley followed him. She looked at the gods. Dagda gave her a sad smile and nodded his head once. Go, look after him. Shelley smiled back at Dagda and briskly walked across the field to catch up with Filthy Henry. Dagda watched the pair leave the field and sighed. Ogma stepped up, his pages fluttering in the air around them. He did a good job, the god of writing said. Figured out a lot of stuff despite his limitations. Saved the entire population of Ireland, even if they will never know it. The chief of the gods grunted in approval. But yet he still goes round with a chip on his shoulder, Dagda said. He's a chip off the old block then, isn't he? Ogma replied. Dagda shook his head. He's angry, a rage inside him over what he is. As if life owes him something. Must get that from his father, Ogma said. Plus, I guess he is that good after all. He figured out everything on his own. Dagda stared after Filthy Henry and Shelley for a few seconds, then turned around and looked at Trent. The Garda had been rooted to the spot since they arrived. The events of the last few days clearly taking their toll on a mind that wasn't meant to deal with the magical side of the world. Now then, Dagda said. What was Brez threatening to do with you? The sun shone down from a bright blue sky and the clouds drifted along like ships of cotton wool. In the distance a bird flew, happy and content with its lot in life. It ducked towards the earth before rising upwards again. There was a calm and serene beauty to the scene, something that would help a man gain a real appreciation for life. The longer you could watch the clouds and the world float by, the more zen-like you would become. Which was a good thing, Trent O'Shea figured. Since Dagda had turned him invisible, removed the need for him to eat or drink, and stopped him from ageing, then sentenced him to six months floating in the skies, over the world to think about what he had done. Compared to being stuck in the ground forever, it was not a bad punishment to get. Filthy Henry, The Impossible Victim, is book two of the Filthy Henry series by Derek Power. This completely free audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. Other Filthy Henry books are available to buy on Amazon Kindle.